Broadcasting live from the KVXL studios at Liberty Baptist Church in Las Vegas. Freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. The Frittle Show with Crystal Heath. I've said that we must be cautious in claiming God is on our side. I think the real question we must answer is, are we on His side? Faith, family, freedom. For me, it's very simple. I think we've got to we've got to get the country back on the right track with the most inspiring agenda a voice in the desert now here's crystal heath and hello las vegas i am crystal heath you're listening to the frittle show on 101.1 fm experience liberty radio from liberty baptist church in las vegas we had a great night at church last night hope you were able to be here with us if you missed it don't miss it sunday 9.30 or 11.15, join us for our morning service, or better still, come Saturday morning, come out for our family soul winning. There's a variety of opportunities available Saturday morning. We're going to have a full hot breakfast. It's going to be delicious. Starts at 8.30. You can help stuff Easter eggs. You can help with our Bible clubs. You can go door to door. There's going to be a variety of opportunities for you and your family to reach out to our community this Saturday morning. That starts at 8.30. Free breakfast. Come on out. Join us. Should be a great time. Uh, Also, thanks to all of you who have donated clothing uh, for the Cornerstone Crossing complex and those that were victims of that fire. Uh, If you are still wanting to donate, if you could please get anything you would like to contribute to the church uh, by this afternoon, we'll be taking that all over there. So, um, if you again, if you do have anything you'd like to bring, please get it to the church uh, today, preferably before the end of, of the school day today. This will probably be going over pretty early afternoon to drop those off. So, uh, Thank you again for your assistance and for showing that community the love of Christ. All right, we didn't uh, we didn't get into a whole lot of news on yesterday's show, so we're going to jump in today, dive in whatever metaphor you'd like to use. That's what we're going to do. Tomorrow is no news Friday. Well, it's not no news. It's just not political stuff. So uh, we're going to get into more um, more of the stuff that I don't talk about on Friday today because it's not Friday yet. And we're starting with an incredibly disturbing story from my home state of Pennsylvania from this past weekend. I'm guessing you've probably seen this, but if you haven't, Todd Starnes over at Fox News, he's a friend of this program, he uh, he first reported this story, which then made its way through various other news organizations, but is yet to come through the mainstream. And the headline is this, school orders boy to tolerate undressing with girl and make it, quote, natural, unquote. A teenage boy was told by school leaders that he had to tolerate undressing in front of a female student and make it as natural as possible, according to a blockbuster lawsuit filed in a Pennsylvania federal district court. The lawsuit, filed Tuesday by Alliance Defending Freedom and Independence Law Center, alleges the Boyertown Area School District shamed the teenage boy and violated his personal privacy. They are also alleging sexual harassment. No school should rob any student of this legally protected personal privacy privacy, ILC attorney Randall Wenger said. We trust that our children won't be forced into emotionally emotionally vulnerable situations like this when they are in the care of our schools because it is a school's duty to protect and respect the bodily privacy and dignity of all students. 
In the case of Joel Doe, they clearly ignored that duty. Last fall, the teen boy was standing in his underwear inside a locker room at Boyertown Area High School, preparing to change for a physical education class. He suddenly realized there was a member of the opposite sex changing with him in the locker room, who was at the time wearing nothing but her underwear the lawsuit states. The boy, along with several of his classmates, reported the incident to assistant to the assistant principal, who was named as a defendant. Dr. Foley indicated that the legality was up in the air, but that students who mentally identify themselves with the opposite sex could choose the locker room and bathroom to use, and physical sex did not matter, the lawsuit states. The teenage boy asked the assistant principal if there was anything that could be done to protect him from the situation. Dr. Foley told Joel Doe to tolerate it and to make it as natural as he possibly can, the lawsuit states. As the boy got up to leave the office, the assistant principal allegedly told the youngster to again, quote, be as natural as possible, unquote. Even more disturbing, parents were not told of the school district's decision to let students of one sex use the locker rooms and bathrooms of students of the opposite sex. The district's directive to Joel Doe was that he must change with students of the opposite sex and make it as natural as possible and that anything less would be intolerant and bullying against students who profess a gender identity with the opposite sex, the lawsuit states. The young man's parents made an appointment to meet with school leaders and were told that the district is, quote, all-inclusive, unquote. The lawsuit alleges that Foley told the boy's parents that their son could use the nurse's office to change if he had a problem changing in front of girls. Principal Brett Cooper, also a defendant, backed up the assistant principal's solution. He suggested, quote, if Joel Doe was uncomfortable changing with those of the opposite sex or with using the nurse's office, then he could just withdraw from school and be homeschooled. This is this is simply outrageous. <sighs> Sadly, as is evidenced by the school district's behavior, this this radical sex and gender narrative, false narrative being forced on every public school in the nation is is powerful and resistance seems to be futile. But I'm so glad for people like this young man's family who are standing up and saying, no, this is wrong. Because they're telling this boy that not only is he supposed to tolerate it, he's supposed to make it natural. Well, you cannot make it natural. It isn't natural because boys and girls are different. Boys this age that are comfortable changing in front of girls. I'm sorry, but there's probably some type of perversion happening there and vice versa for girls asking to change with the boys. It's not natural. It's not normal and it's not good. And I could I could expound on that, but because this is a family show, I'm not going to because those of you who are old enough understand exactly what I'm saying. We used to know this. But somewhere along the line, our culture has gotten progressively more Stupid. And yes, I, I use the stupid word. We, we've gone so quickly from, oh, oh, it's okay for a man who today thinks he's a woman to use a lady's bathroom to, hey, middle school boy, we're going to let a girl, a girl, by the way, who hasn't undergone any type of surgery and so she has all her girl parts in 
tact and is in every way a girl, we're going to let her change in your locker room with you, and you need to be okay with that. And not just okay with that, you need to act like this is normal. It's, it's just, it's normal, it's natural, so make it normal and natural. For those like this principal who say, that's perfectly fine. You can't say that this is wrong or perverted or unnatural. That's offensive. Well, then let me ask you this, if that is your position. Why then, if it is normal and natural, do we have separate changing areas for guys and girls at all? Why separate locker rooms? Why don't we just have all the teenage boys and all the teenage girls changing in the same room? Because that's a horrible idea and would create countless problems because it's not normal or natural. Ding, 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 ding. We have a winner. Hello. This this isn't hard. We used to have books like Men Are From Mars and Women Are From Venus and we used to talk about, oh my goodness, men and women are different. And now all of a sudden we're like, oh no, there's not really, it is, it's fine. There's no big deal. If boys who God made boys think they're girls, then that's fine. If girls who God made girls think they're boys, then that's fine too. There's really no difference. It's just what you think. And so if we're telling this boy that legally he should be forced to change in the same room as one girl, then there's really no reason he should not legally be forced to change in the same room as every girl at his school. There really isn't a difference. And anyone who doesn't say that that's ridiculous has some serious, serious issues in life. Now, staying somewhat in the same category, but shifting a bit, another disturbing, disturbing report, which we'll we'll hit this one and then we'll, we'll get to a break. A university, this is from heatstreet.com, a university has set up booths where men can come to confess their toxic sins of masculinity. The University of Regina is asking its male students to own up to their toxic masculinity and they're setting up a confessional booth similar to those in Catholic churches where guys can come to confess their sins of hypermasculinity. The program is part of the university's Man Up Against Violence program, which encourages guys on campus to take control of their masculine nature and speak out against sexual harassment. But like most good efforts begun by social justice warriors, the Man Up Against Violence program ultimately takes a bizarre turn. In this case, they're asking the men on campus to start the program by laying bare all of their, quote, sins, unquote, against the women of the community. The flyer for this confessional booth says this. Meet up with uh, URSU, that's the University of Virginia, members and make a confession. We have all reinforced hyper-masculinity one way or another regardless of our gender. Come and share your sins so we can begin to discuss how to identify and change our ways. Well, that's interesting since it's offensive to tell anyone that they sin or that you disagree with something that they do uh, if it's coming from a moral perspective. But apparently, if you're too manly, we're allowed to say that that's a sin and that's not offensive. Hmm. Now, look, I'm going to comment on this situation, but first, 
Obviously, violence against women is a problem. Any man that would uh, assault a woman sexually, physically, any other way needs deep, serious help. Those that are actually abusing their manhood, I'm not talking about those people right now. But I would like to say a word about Western culture in general and this myth that we need to make men into calmer and more, well, frankly, feminine creatures. And what is sad is that we teach our men to be boys and then we wonder why our boys aren't becoming men. Men are risk takers, they're leaders, they're adventurous, they need to be allowed to get their hands dirty and play with worms and go fishing and hunting and conquer the world. They need to be taught to lead and taught to take charge and taught to prepare themselves to provide for a family. But what do we do? We tell our boys to sit still at a desk for eight hours. And if they can't do that, we say that they have a social disorder. We tell them not to get their hands dirty. We tell them not to take risks. Now, yes, of course, parents, it's your job not to let your boys do stupid things. I'm not talking about stupid things. What I am saying is that we've reached a point where there is, it's no longer okay for boys to be boys. And if boys can't be boys, then boys will never be men. And if we teach our boys that we like it better when they sit quietly on the couch playing video games than when they go out and conquer the woods and come back covered in mud, why would we be surprised when, when that boy grows up and becomes a husband who sits on the couch playing video games rather than going outside to play with his kids or, or going out to conquer the world and, and be successful? We're raising perpetual boys, and then the boys that do survive this this cultural phenomena and come out as men, we then turn around and say, here, we've created a safe place for you to come and confess your manliness. No! It's, it's, it's beyond silly. It's ludicrous. It's ridiculous. We need more real men in this world, not less. And I think a relevant song to go to our break on would be, I want to be just like you. Listen to the words of this really fantastic song uh, from Phillips, Craig, and Dean, and we'll be back in just a minute. All right, so you're listening to The Fertile Show. This is KVXL 11.1 FM Experience Liberty Radio in Las Vegas. It's easy to make fun of Kim Jong-un. It's easy to not even think about North Korea, but maybe we should be paying a little bit of attention to this little pesky country that keeps flexing its little muscle. KoreaHerald.com reported last week that the U.S. is saying its strategic patience on North Korea is over. With Washington taking a North Korea policy overhaul, U.S. Secretary of State Rex Tillerson on Friday declared that the existing strategic patience approach is over, saying all options, including military action, are on the table. At a joint news conference with Seoul's foreign minister, Young Byung Si, Tillerson also urged China to cause its economic retaliation against South Korea over its plan to host a U.S. missile shield here, calling it unnecessary, inappropriate, and troubling. Efforts for North Korea to achieve a peaceful stability for the last two decades have failed to make us safe, the secretary said. Let me be very clear. The policy of strategic patience has ended. We are exploring a new range of diplomatic, security, and economic measures. All options are on the table. 
His remarks represent the Donald Trump administration's strongest signal yet that it would take a much tougher stance than its predecessors, including Barack Obama's strategic patience policy. Certainly, we do not want for things to get to a military conflict. We're quite clear on that in our communications. But obviously, if North Korea takes actions that threaten the South Korean forces or our own forces, then that would be met with an appropriate response, he said. If they elevate the threat of their weapons program to a level we believe requires action, that option is on the table. Now, those comments were made by the secretary, as I said, uh, I think mm, about a week and a half ago or so now, maybe two weeks. Since that time, uh, North Korea has done, as it has done for years, they have been launching missiles, testing things they're not supposed to test. And oh yeah, they had a video come out that showed Kim Jong-un blowing up a, an American destroyer. So they just keep poking and they just keep poking. Now, was this yesterday? I think it was yesterday. What's today? The 30th? Yeah. So yesterday, North Korea got all mad because U.S. Senator John McCain described Kim Jong-un in an interview earlier this week on, uh, I think he was on with Greta. Where is she now? MSNBC? Uh, But he was on with Greta, and he described Kim Jong-un as a, quote, crazy fat kid. It's it's not funny. I shouldn't laugh because Kim Jong-un is is quite frankly a, 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 a dictator. And yes, I, I won't get into all the ills of Kim Jong-un, or maybe we will in a minute. But, but let me just explain to you what, what's going on right now. So right now, yesterday, <laughs> North Korean officials issued a war threat due to John McCain's remarks. This is from the Daily Mail in the UK. John McCain has been accused of, quote, hurting the dignity, unquote, of North Korean leader Kim Jong-un, calling it the, quote, manifestation of their worst hostility toward North Korea, unquote. The senator from Arizona made his comments while discussing a plan to limit North Korea's foreign relations. China is the only one that can control Kim Jong-un, this crazy fat kid that's running North Korea, McCain told MSNBC's Greta Van Susteren last week. They could stop North Korea's economy in a week. He added they haven't because the Chinese have to understand there's a penalty imposed by us if they don't rein in an individual that can literally start a world war and more importantly, perhaps in the short term, strike the United States of America. Senator Ted Cruz also made comments about North Korea earlier this month, saying the country should be listed as a terror sponsor. In a statement released by the government-controlled news agency KNCA, North Korean foreign military officials slammed McCain's comments about Kim's expanding waistline. The statement said, quote, What they uttered to dare hurt the dignity of the supreme leadership of North Korea is just a manifestation of their worst hostility toward our ideology and social system and our people and a grave provocation little short of declaration of war against it. The service personnel and people of North Korea are regarding the dignity of their supreme leadership as their life and soul. I'll explain to you in a minute why that is in no ways true. The ministry warned that the United States should know how they react to offensive acts. As such guys as John McCain and Ted Cruz made a provocation tantamount to declaration of war, we will take steps to counter it, 
the statement said. They will have to bitterly experience the disastrous consequences to be entailed by their reckless tongue lashing, and then any regret for it will come too late. The ministry described accusations about North Korea by U.S. politicians. Again, the accusation in question is that John McCain called Kim Jong-un a crazy fat kid. Uh, They said it was a burlesque, making even a cat laugh for the dishonest elements of the United States, the mastermind of all forms of terrorism worldwide, to label other country a terror sponsor. John McCain also called Kim not rational, uh, saying there would be a huge penalty to pay if a war started. North Korea has been regularly testing missiles, as I mentioned. And it is believed that the country could be in the final stages of preparations for a new nuclear test. So, okay. So John McCain calls Kim Jong-un crazy fat kid. North Korea freaks out because you have offended. You have offended their supreme leader. You have essentially declared war and you will suffer the consequences. I didn't know calling someone a crazy fat kid was a declaration of war. I didn't know personal insults worked like this. I guess if if calling someone names is provocation of war, then we better increase the president's security detail because his life could be in real danger. I'm just kidding, people. Don't go crazy on me. I'm trying to make a point here. And the point is, only a spoiled, petulant child who's never learned how to not get his way or respond properly to other people would consider a senator in another country calling him a name as provocation of war. And quite frankly, my personal opinion is the only reason this really hurts you is because it's true. You are a crazy fat kid. And one, you're, you're crazy. Two, you are significantly overweight. And three, yeah, especially compared to John McCain, you're a youngster. So I suppose McCain could have put it more politically correct and said something like, uh, the mentally disturbed, overweight, young person running the country. But he just said crazy fat kid because he's old and sometimes old people aren't as good with being politically correct. They're not as hip and cool as us millennials. So we could give him a few points for that. So, then uh, last night, or I guess, was it last night? No, yesterday, yesterday afternoon, John McCain (laughs) responded to this story on Twitter and said, What, did they want me to call him a crazy skinny kid? I laughed. I laughed. Alright, so here's, here's some, let's talk about Korea for a second. Okay, when North Korea issues a statement saying all of the country, all of our citizens are disturbed by this blatant uh, assault on the character of our supreme leader and our supreme leader, the people of North Korea regard the dignity of their supreme leader as their life and their very soul. That's that's just blatantly false. My grandfather served in the Korean War, and I know that no one is anxious to start a second Korean War. Neither am I. That said, I believe it is important that we, in our comfortable Western American freedom, understand what's actually happening in North Korea and why it is important that we, or China, or someone intervene. 
the human the UN Human Rights Council uh, or Re- Commission issued a report in 2013. Last December, they were supposed to give an update and said, "Yeah, since our 2013 report, nothing has really improved." So the 2013 report is still accurate. And the 2013 report showed that what was happening in North Korea, or what is happening in North Korea, is extermination, murder, enslavement. This is by the government, by the way. Torture, imprisonment, rape, forced abortions and other sexual violence, persecution on political, religious, racial, and gender grounds, the forcible, forcible transfer of populations, the enforced disappearance of persons, and the inhumane acts of knowingly causing prolonged starvation. That's why North Korea is such a big deal. And what makes it a bigger deal is not only does North Korea want to to govern its own people this way, it wants to take over South Korea and enforce its dictatorial communist regime on South Korea and anything else they can happen to get their hands on. And that's just a helicopter view. The star.com had a had an has an excellent they call it the indispensable guide to North Korea's atrocities and it's it's an in-depth look what goes on in North Korea it's it's very sad we'll, we'll hit just a couple of the things that they mention here and you can go look it up if you want to learn more about what's happening in North Korea but in North Korea there is no freedom of expression in schools the majority of the school curriculum focuses on the lives and teachings of Kim Il-sung and Kim Jong-il the Kim Jong-un's predecessors that's what they learn in school the majority of what they're taught in school is the life and teaching of their previous leaders. Majority. Not reading, writing, arithmetic, the majority. No, majority is learning about previous supreme leaders. Students are discouraged from drawing anything in school unless their drawings depict members of the Kim family or the killing of Japanese and American soldiers. Those drawings are okay. North Koreans must display, they are required by law to display three framed pictures in their household. One of Kim Il-sung, one of Kim Jong-il, and one that shows the two leaders in conversation with each other. Imagine if you had to have hanging in your house photographs of your least favorite politician. And not just him, but his father or son and a third picture of the two of them together. Homes in North Korea are equipped with fixed-line broadcast systems. This allows the state to broadcast messages directly to its citizens. So essentially, when North Koreans go out and purchase a television, they have to register it. They have what's called a Transmission Surveillance Bureau. And this Transmission Surveillance Bureau modifies every TV set that is purchased so that their television sets can only receive official channels, meaning government broadcasts. And then then Kim Jong-un and the North Korean government utilizes those televisions to constantly transmit whatever they want. There's widespread discrimination in North Korea. Class discrimination is is based in something called Songbung. Songbung 
is a system that determines where citizens can live, what kind of work they can do, how much food they receive, and who they can marry. Did you catch that? Class discrimination, Song Bung, is something that the government utilizes to determine where citizens can live, what job they will perform, how much food they will receive, and who they may or may not marry. The Song Bung system divides the North Korean population into three general categories and 51 subcategories. Only the highest level Song Bung can reside in Pyongyang, which comes with access to decent housing, medicine, and food. So they're in the capital. If you're towards, if you're not in the highest Songbung, even visiting the capital can be difficult, let alone living there. And your Songbung doesn't increase based on your abilities. Your Songbung is mostly determined by your family history. So gorillas who fought with Kim Il Sung earned their families the highest status, while uh, industrialists, collaborators, and spies, South Korean prisoners of war, Catholics, and Buddhists—they're on the lowest level of Songbung. If you're on a low level of songbung, you're most likely never going to go to college and never going to be able to get a job. Women have to wear skirts and black shoes at all times. No pants, no sandals. Ever. No. Dress rules are enforced by the Moral Discipline Corps. Women are also forbidden from riding bicycles. And even if you are in the top level of Songbung, and you could live in the capital, if you happen to have a a family member with any sort of disability, you're immediately banished from the capital. You're no longer allowed to live in the capital. You can't move around freely. The state tells you where you're going to live. They assign you your home. And the Workers' Party of Korea assigns you your job. And if you want to move, you need the government's permission. But if the state wants you to move, they can move you at any time. If you're charged with a political crime, your Songbun can go from top tier to bottom tier in in a matter of minutes. Hundreds of thousands of North Koreans have starved to death since famine began in the country in the late 1990s, but state authorities have never lifted the ban on foreign travel, and border guards are ordered to shoot to kill citizens who are seeking to escape the country. Then you have things like arbitrary arbitrary detention and torture. If you're accused of a political crime, you will most likely disappear without a trial. Your family will not be told where you were sent. Your friends will not be told where you were sent. You're not even going to be told where you're going to be sent. But you're going to end up in a political prison camp and you will have no contact with the outside world. And in that prison camp, you will be subject to forced labor, torture, rape, deliberate starvation, and other abuses. I, I, I could tell you about torture methods that we know are being employed by the North Korean government... And by this, quote, crazy fat kid and his system. But because, again, this is a family show and there are children listening, I'm not going to. Guards at these prison camps are under orders, by the way, that in the event of any type of war, they are to exterminate all the prisoners. And it is believed that there are more than 100,000 North Koreans currently in these prison camps. There's also restrictions on food. 
the state distributes the food, food in Korea, and uses starvation as a form of political coercion. Witnesses have testified that North Koreans are eating grass, roots, dirt, and bark to survive. Because their government is literally starving them into submission. If you're higher songbung, you get more food than people on lower songbung. So what did, what did the UN conclude? The UN's conclusion was this. Systematic, widespread, and gross human rights violations have been and are being committed by the Democratic People's Republic of Korea, its institutions, and officials. In many instances, the violations of human rights found by the commission constitute crimes against humanity. These are not mere excesses of the state. They are essential components of a political system that has moved far from the ideals on which it claimed to be founded. The gravity, scale, and nature of these violations reveal a state that does not have any parallel in the contemporary world. Political scientists of the 20th century characterized this type of political organization as a totalitarian state, a state that does not content itself with ensuring the authoritarian rule of a small group of people, but seeks to dominate every aspect of its citizens' lives and terrorizes them from within. That's a pretty bleak outlook on life. And it's easy to complain about American politicians or what we don't like here, or what we don't like here, or, or even say that, you know, our, our freedoms are being infringed upon. Until you read about what's happening in places like North Korea. And does that kind of maybe, maybe help you understand why North Korea is a big deal? And why... We need to be informed about what's going on in the world. And you can say, well, that's, that's North Korea's problem. They need to deal with that. Or, you know, South Korea, they can deal with that. Or Japan. You know, the people that are actually in that area and actually affected by it. And to a degree, I would agree with that. But then I also think, what would have happened if the United States had taken such a hands-off approach in World War II? And you can say, well, they came after us. Well, they did, and that got us in. But imagine if we had gotten in sooner. Do you think fewer people might have died? Do you think Hitler might have been taken out of power earlier? And I'm not saying that we need to go intervene in North Korea right now. I'm not saying that we should definitely engage in military action. I'm just saying that it's easy to say, to have an isolation, ugh, I can't speak, you know what I'm trying to say, the one where we isolate ourselves, isolationist policy if you don't think about what's actually happening there. It's much more difficult when you know what's going on to say, ah, it's their problem. We need to know what's happening in the world so that when people say, what do you think about this? It's not just like, well, you know. No, we, we need to know. We need to be educated. We need to be informed. And the media is not going to do it. You got to do your own research. Educate yourself. All right, let's see. I really wanted to hit this one more story. Do I have time? Should I save it for tomorrow? I'm so torn right now. I'm so torn right now. Oh, yeah. 
I'm not going to do it. I'm going to save it for tomorrow. I've, I've, I've had this one story that I've been wanting to talk about all week. It's not political. It's actually kind of fun. So it'll work well for tomorrow for Fun Friday. Don't miss tomorrow. Because I just said there's a story I've been wanting to hit all week that I haven't gotten to. We'll probably start with it tomorrow. So be sure to be here tomorrow. Because we're also going to give things away because it's free Friday. I think I'm going to give away a... uh, Hang on while I grab it off my shelf here. Yes, this is what we're going to give away. We have... We're actually going to give away two things. uh, But probably to the same person. So we will give away tomorrow. We're going to give away a book. Not sure what one yet, but it's going to be awesome. And in addition to the book, we have a promotional card for Chick-fil-A, which entitles you to a free chocolate chunk cookie or ice cream cone or cup. So... I know that you're going to be going to check out the brand new Chick-fil-A that has just opened today in Las Vegas. Yes, Chick-fil-A opens in Las Vegas today. Should I mention that? Chick-fil-A is kicking off the grand opening of its third location in southern Nevada today. As soon as this advertisement gets out of my way. Uh, Join Chick-fil-A is at on I-15, Sahara and I-15. It opened this morning at 6.30 a.m. The, loca- the address is 2480 South Rancho Drive. The restaurant will be open from 6.30 a.m. until 10 p.m. Mondays through Saturdays. So, you can go and enjoy some Chick-fil-A right down the street from us. I believe it's about seven, eight minutes uh, from our church here. It's the third Chick-fil-A to open in Southern Nevada. We've got two restaurants now in Henderson, one on Stephanie and Warm Springs, and one on Eastern and St. Rose that opened in January. And now we have one a little closer to this side of town. Hopefully they'll put one up in North Vegas sometime soon as well. But uh, you can go check out Chick-fil-A. And be sure to tune in tomorrow for your chance to win our Chick-fil-A promotional card so that you can get a free chocolate chunk cookie or ice cream cone when you go visit the new location and that is all the time we have left for today thank you for being here great to have you with us you can catch podcasts of the show on itunes or soundcloud just search for the frittle show and it'll take you right to it be sure to join us for church on sunday at 9 30 or 11 15 for our morning services or if you're working you can join us for our evening service at 6 p.m on sunday also Join us for Family Soul Winning this Saturday morning, 8.30 a.m. You can come out. Your family can be part of a variety of different outreaches, whatever you would you would like to do. You can go uh, door-to-door and pass out Easter invitations for our Easter services. You can help us uh, stuff Easter eggs for the Christian Hope Project, which is coming up on April 8th. We also need volunteers for that. You can contact uh, myself or Richard Moses if you're interested in more information about that or would like to assist with that. We're also, I uh, should mention this, we're going to be taking our, our uh, Bible club kids on a field trip to the Christian Hope Project on April 8th. And I do need volunteers to help supervise with that. So if that's something, if you've been wanting to get involved with Bible club, wanting to get involved with the Christian Hope Project, this is a great way that you can do both. So I need, uh, we need volunteers uh, to help supervise and chaperone our Bible club kids uh, at the Christian Hope Project, thinking I'm probably going to need about 10 people just solely for the purpose of supervising uh, Bible club kids 
Uh, I'd like to get 10 people for that. So if that's something you're interested in, please let me know. Um, what was I talking about? Oh, yeah. So Saturday morning, soul winning, 830. There's going to be hot breakfast. You can come out, pass out Easter invitations, stuff Easter eggs, or come even join us at uh, at our Bible club over at Cornerstone. And uh, speaking of Cornerstone, if you are wanting to donate to the families that lost their homes in the fire that occurred there, uh, you can donate clothing is the main thing that they have asked for. People have asked if, if toys and non-perishable food items are also wanted. Uh, they will They will obviously, they're, they're, uh, I talked to the apartment manager this morning, and they will accept any donations, but their main need uh, is clothes. Any gender, any size, any season, uh, they've clothes is the main is the main request so if you are planning to donate some clothes please get them to uh the church here by early afternoon today which is when we will be dropping things off uh, over at their location thank you so much for being here hope you have a great rest of your day and don't forget tomorrow i'm giving away some free chick-fil-a and a book so it's gonna be it's gonna be a good uh, day and we're gonna end with vocal point with it is well with my soul have a great day everyone